message today is your identity. I here have my birth certificate, and I can't go anywhere without it. I know who I am, and I know what I, well, I don't know what I look like. I, how, how many of you know you've never seen you? You don't even know what you look like. You've never seen your face. You've never seen your face. You've seen a reflection. And some of you all are pretty funny looking, i got to tell you right now. <laughs> James said, I resemble that remark. That's not true. Heather's got good taste. Anyway, what you look like can only be found in the book. And in 2 Corinthians 5.17, which is where we're going today, Yeah. says, if any man be in Christ, any womb man be in Christ, he's a new species, a new creature uh, with a new feature. There's never been anybody like you on the earth. You're, you're, uh-oh, you still, these Thursday night praise and worship people can act up from time to time, you know. Oh, Thursday night's praise and worship was like, it was almost as good as today. <laughs> uh, anyway, 2 Corinthians 5.17, any man be in Christ. He's a new species, a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. So what do I look like then? I look like what the book says I look like. And so, and also need to realize that, well, let's, let's just back up a little bit. Let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 17. <laughs> and in Genesis 17, there's this, a covenant of circumcision. And Isaac couldn't be born until he could pass through the blood. And so once the circumcision was there, the Lord entered into a covenant with Abram and changed his name to Abraham. Abraham. So when, his, when God put his name in the middle of Abram's name and changed his destiny, changed his life forever, Abram becoming Abraham, father of a multitude. So then we go a little further, and if we come to, so Isaac came through the blood, then we get over to Jacob, and Jacob, how many of you know his name is Chisler and Cheat and all of that? He didn't, he didn't have a good name. <laughs> supplanter, it says in the King James, whatever a supplanter is, he was that. So, so, so anyway, in, in Genesis chapter 31, he finally broke away from Laban, after 20 years of serving Laban, he breaks away, and he's heading to Canaan. And sometimes God will bless you in between one door and another door. So his goal is to get to Canaan, but in between, he stops in a place called Bethel, which is Bethel. Bethel is God. Beth is house, house of God. He stops there, and uh, he gets in a wrestling match with, a, with an angel. And so he wrestles with that angel all night. 
and uh, and doesn't prevail, and the angel doesn't prevail either. But then the angel, he wanted to know the angel's name, but the angel said, what is your name, buddy? And he said, well, my name is Jacob. I'm a chiseler and a cheat and all of that. And when he admitted, when he identified himself that way, the angel said, this is not, no longer your name. Your, na- your name is now going to be Israel, a prince with God. And so God is in the name changing business is my point. And he changed your name too. He, he made you a new creature. How about Gideon over in, uh, over in uh, Judges chapter 6? Maybe we should just go there for a minute. Are you okay if we go there for a minute? Okay. Because I think it's an interesting story here of how many people identify themselves. Not here. We know who we are in Christ. No, but you got to know who you are in Christ. Because, because if until you know your identity, your identity is in this book, until you know who you are. If somebody asks you who you are, you need to say, here I am, right here. This is who I am. This is whose I am. I have a I have a change of identity. So in Gideon, so Gideon in, in Judges chapter six. How about verse eight? The Lord sent a prophet, which he always does. By the way, don't listen to a lot of the prophets that are there today, man. <laughs> have you heard some of this stuff? One famous prophet said that she saw a cow driving a tractor in heaven. Another one said, God lives in a house of jello. These are people that people follow. I'm saying, you, if you can't find it in the book, if I told you the names, you'd recognize the names. Oh, I'm not telling the names. <laughs> Paul the Apostle would, but I'm not. No, he said, he named a couple of the guys and said, you know, don't go following these guys. But I'm not that, I'm not that's saucy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> come on, that's what I'm saying. God sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. I like this because whenever God brings you out, you bring you in. This is what he was doing with Jacob. He said, I brought you out from, from, from Laban, but now I'm taking you into Canaan. In the meantime, I want to talk to you in the middle of it all and put a blessing on you. I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drove them out from before you and gave you their land. He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. What do you believe him for right now? What can you see with your faith right now? You need to see more than enough for you. You need to see enough to supply a city. You need enough see enough to supply a nation. I don't know how many of you noticed gasoline prices or any of those things. And and um, he said, "You're dwelling in the land," but he said, "You have not obeyed." their voice to fear is to fail that's all you got to know to fear is to fail to fear is to fail don't be in fear why did you think he always said fear not 
And there came to pass, the angel of the Lord said under an oak, which is in Oprah, it pertained to Josiah. And, uh, and he, he saw his son Gideon threshing wheat in the wine press and hiding from the Midianites. Well, it's kind of hard to sift wheat and uh, hide at the same time because you get covered in your own product. So I called him one time, I called him a mighty man of paste and flour. The Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, now this is God, this is faith's reality. This is faith's reality right here. Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Gideon, you mighty man of valor. God speaks to your potential, always speaks to your potential. Verse, uh, verse 13, and Gideon said unto him, O God, if the, now, none of you have ever asked these questions, but if you find yourself asking these questions, stop. If you are really the Lord, then why am I in trouble? When are you going to do something, God? When are you going to remember your word? So he said, if you're with us, then why is all this bad stuff happening? And where are all the miracles? Have any of you ever asked that? God, how about when are you going to show up and do something? I got to tell you, he showed up 2,000 years ago, and he would ask you, when are you going to do something? Now, for those of you that don't know, Dale Begley is going to be with us the 10th of September. And he was with us once before, and we had a Holy Ghost blowout time. But, but he planned on coming here in 2018, and you know what happened. And so finally, I, I texted him the other day, and I said, thank you for not giving up on us. And he said, we are coming with a mighty move of the Spirit of God. And so your job is to expect it. Your job is when he gets here to participate in that. Not to come and see what's going to happen. Come and be a part of what's happening. Hallelujah. Yeah. So Gideon says, uh, all of these miracles our fathers told us about. We heard about the miracles. Like if you've been... If you've ever been to um, the Philippines or Ukraine, we've seen lots of miracles in the Ukraine. Uh, Judy knew. I was thinking about her the other night. This Judy knew she lived in a flower pot. Have you ever been that down and out? She lived in a flower pot with a piece of sheet, a sheet of plywood that she would take with her during the day and bring back and put over the pot at night, and that's where she slept. Now, Judy's story is she came over into the into the Philippines um, with the, with the soldiers in uh, during the Vietnam War, and then when she got away from that, she started working. At, she started working on the street right next door to Clark Air Force Base. The street next door to Clark Air Force Base was a house of ill repute. And all the bars and the clubs were all right there. So some young guy from the Midwest, some 
Christian guy comes from the Midwest and he's over there freaking out anyway because it's such a, a strange environment. Cockroaches that fly and all kinds of weird stuff. Bir- spiders that are so big they catch birds in their in their webs. You know, and you wouldn't want to get bit by one of them. Anyway, so so she's there. And when she quit the military, she started working for, you can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. The guy's name was Cardinal Sin. <laughs> the head guy of the Catholic Church, Cardinal Sin. So she started working for him. And it was her job to look after the prostitutes and to make sure that they got cleaned up when they got messed up and stuff like that. So she did that for a number of years until she, you know, got messed up herself and ended up living in a flower pot. But I remember one story she told, she said, she said she was up in, up in her room and, you know, y'all had breakfast. She threw up in the toilet. Don't picture a toilet the way. Anyway, and she lost her false teeth. She ran down on the street and fished them up out of the, out of the ditch. So that's the kind of place this was. And anyway, in the middle of it all, she got born again and started coming to the Bible school that we were teaching at, Antioch Bible School. So we would go there two or three weeks at a time and went there eight trips. And and so in one of those trips, she came in and she had been uh, beaten up and urinated on. And her Bible ripped up because... She left what she was doing to come to church. And when she came in, Ruth Baker said, go clean yourself up and get in class. They did a lot worse than that to Jesus. I'm looking and thinking, wow, there's no no compassion in this lady at all. But it was, it was proper, it was a proper thing. Anyway, Judy now lives in, in the United, she's back in the United States and serving God with all of her heart, soul, and mind, and strength. Yeah. How did I get into these stories? Another time while I'm teaching in the class there, this backslidden guy comes in and he gives his heart to the Lord. So then he said, um, uh, look, I got a restaurant and I just want to buy you a steak. I want to do something for you. And over there, they have a market called the Stinky Market. And they call it the Stinky Market because you can smell it a block before you get to it. And there is a there is a club there with a leather, tied with a leather strap, and you can pick that up if you want to to hit the meat to see what kind of meat you're buying. <laughs> to knock the flies off it so you can take a look. <laughs> so now this guy wants to give me a steak at his restaurant. <laughs> I'm saying, God, I got to go. I have to go. We've gone to places and eaten food. And prayed over it so hard. No, you don't say grace here seriously. Yeah. You there, you get, oh God. <laughs> Have mercy on this food, whatever it might be. And then the person that cooked it is standing right there watching you eat it. Help us, Jesus. Anyway, so this woman, she 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 invited us over to the to, over to her restaurant. He did. And um and when I got there, I, I knew what his restaurant was gonna look like. It was under a big shady tree. It was outdoors, and he had a little barbecue set up in a little hut. And uh, so he asked me what kind of steak I would like, and I said, pepper. He wanted as much, you know. <laughs> anyway, he brought me the pepper steak, and there was a, a dog laying in the middle of it right there, licking his sores just like in a, 
just like in a Bible story. <laughs> and uh, so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, dear God, I can't eat this steak. You know, I, I, I just I can't put it in my mouth. So I would cut off a piece of steak, make sure the dog wasn't looking, and I would slide it off and shove it in. My, thank God I had cargo pants on. When I left there, both cargo pants were bulging out. All the meat, I did not eat one piece of that meat. And I said, the only way I can get caught is if this dog gives me away. <laughs> and he was too lazy. So that's the Philippines. That's the mission field. I know what brought it up. Justin asked me, would you ever go back there? And my answer, my first answer was no. I, you know, I, I'll go to Ukraine tomorrow. Matter of fact, we're meeting with, we're meeting with Ed and Nadia Dixon tomorrow sometime to talk about that very thing. Yeah, there's a war going on over there. Yeah, but you, there's a war going on everywhere. How many of you know? You, you know, when we were in the Philippines, we didn't even know how dangerous it was. You know, I mean, uh, Ruth Baker said, whatever you do, don't go, do, go down to Bali Bago. I'm telling you right now, they just killed a bunch of missionaries down there. Joey and I, after the classes were over, where'd we go? Right down to Bali Bago. We walked right in there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and and this guy came up to us, and they know your movements down there. He came up to us and he said, uh, "He said, uh, I'm the guy that's going to drive you to the airport tomorrow. Is there anywhere you would like to go today?" So we got in that little trike, in the, you know, Bo and Zoe got in that little <laughs> little sidecar, and he took us to a place we didn't want to go to. He took us into this place. Uh, just a just a whole maze of little streets reminded me of Buena Vista, where a woman's brain streets just go everywhere. And uh, so so anyway, we we got in there, and the, he drove us way in this maze of streets, and, and invited us into the house. I'm thinking this is a bad scene right here. And then he brought us brought us a can of Coke each, and I said, Joey, don't drink that pop. No, it wasn't open, but they still have a way of putting drugs in. It was, you know, I don't know how they do it, but don't drink that stuff. And I said, "When just watch me, watch out for me because we got to get out of here." And they were in the back room planning our demise. And um, at the right moment, I thought, "Look, the Holy Ghost." There was no fear whatsoever until afterwards. Afterwards, it was like, what was that? But during the whole process, we were sitting there so calm. And I said, Joey, when I get up, follow me. I got up and stepped over the coffee table, and he came right out behind me. As we walked out to the edge of the street, a little Jeep taxi was going by. And I put my arm up and got in. Just as those guys were running out the door to get us, we drove off and, and got away. And and the only thing we were scared of then is if Ruth Baker found out what we had done. <laughs> she did. But the thing was, the thing was, I, what are you saying? I'm saying it could be dangerous anywhere. It could be dangerous on your street if you're not praying in the, in the Holy Ghost. And yeah. I'm so far off topic now. What were we talking about? Your new identity. Gideon. Oh, Gideon, the almighty man of valor. Paste and flour. Got Gideon. Okay. He said, I'm the youngest member from the poorest house in the smallest tribe. I've got so much inferiority. All I can tell you is I'm the youngest member. I come from the poorest house and I come from the smallest tribe, from the smallest church. I've got so much inferiority that I block out the voice of God. Uh-huh. 
I can't hear the voice of God because I feel so inferior, because inferior, you're in fear. You cannot hear the voice of God when you're living like that. He was looking at his identity and seeing who he was and not seeing who God just called him to be. The Lord looked upon him and said, go in this thy might. You already have a covenant. You're already a covenant person. Have not I sent you? This is what he would say to you today. You have a covenant. You know, you, 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 you're in, he called, he called you in second, second, no, first, no. He said in Colossians chapter three, he called you holy and beloved. Right in the middle of him saying, put off fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. For the which things sake, the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience, in which you, you also walked when you lived there. Now put off all of these also, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, fill the communication out of your lips, lie not to one another. He's writing to the church, stop lying to one another. Put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new man. Renewed in the knowledge of the image of him that created us. There's neither Greek nor Jew. See, this new identity, you're not black or white either. You can't identify with that either, by the way. Your, your identity is you're either in Adam or you're in Christ. There's no other identity. This whole book is about two Adams. So don't tell me it's Black History Month or White History Month or any of that stuff. No, don't identify with that. Identify with this. Then you're not, then you're not divisive and fighting with one another. Forbearing one another, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave, we also forgive. And above all, put on love the bond of perfection. He said you're called to one body and to be thankful. He called you holy and beloved. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in your hearts unto the Lord. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord. Whatever you do in the name, whatever you do in word or in deed, do it all on the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father by Him. Being thankful. And not don't find your identity anywhere but in this book. Who am I? Who, who, who? Yep, I'm the youngest person. How do you see yourself? It's where you find yourself. Well, where can we go now after Gideon? Once had, had an identity change. How about Peter? Matthew chapter 16. We will get to the message here eventually. But you'll find in Matthew chapter 16 that when you identify him, he identifies you. Verse 14 of Matthew 16. They said, some say you're John the Baptist, Elijah or Elisha, one of the prophets, Jeremiah. He said unto them, but who, how do you identify me? Who do you say I am in your, because when you identify him, he'll be whatever you identify him as in your life. If you identify him as your provider, He'll do that. If you identify him as your healer, he'll be that. But that's, what he, that's why he said, I am that I am. I am whatever you need me to be. That's who I am. I am what you need me to be. So what are you going to believe me for? Don't limit me. So Simon Peter answered and said, 
wow, you're the Christ, the Ben, the builder of the family name. You're the Christ of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. But I say unto you also, thou art Peter. Now, see, because Simon Barjona, Simon, son of Jonah, is not a good thing. Study Jonah. You know, and, and realize that Peter had that potential in his life. He said, you're no longer Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. My father gave you a revelation. And I say unto you, because you've identified me, I'm identifying you. I say you are Petros, a chip off the old rock. I will build my church upon this. Why? Because you're lively stones built together into the house of God. You are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation to show forth the praises of him. This is all happening in his life right now. He said, I'm going to build my church on the revelation of who I am in Christ. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. And I've never, I don't know if you have or not, I've never seen a gate attack in anybody. Huh? So that tells me that the gates are for me to, to knock over. The gates of hell will not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose will be loosed. Whatever you shadowed, whatever you allow, in other words. But the point is he identified him in a new way. He changed his name. How about Saul of Tarsus? He became what? Paul the Apostle. He changed his identity. It's interesting. Well, maybe we should just go there for a minute, too. Uh, none of this was part of where I was planning to do. Again, I'll blame Justin because he brought up the Philippines um, yesterday. And then, and, and then Nadia Dixon just called yesterday and asked if we could meet for lunch tomorrow. And I'm thinking, Ukraine, I know you'd go again in a heartbeat. There's no wild bugs over there. There's, there's just bullets flying in particular areas. If you get under the table, right? <laughs> the Holy Ghost. Oh, I know it's all right, because. No, we saw that in the Philippines. We, I remember one time, this jeepney was rolling down the road right at us, and I put up my hand. Remember that day? And the whole deal just stopped. It was like, these babies are loaded. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing that you notice though, when you're in a mission field, the power of God. I remember one time in the Philippines, I was praying for these people, and ah, it was like I was in a Benny Hinn meeting. They were getting up on the stage behind me and testifying about the miracles that just happened, speaking in Tagalog, and I had no idea what they were saying. But I would go to pray, and a whole row of people would fall out. And I'm thinking, wow, this is... And right in the middle of it all, somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, we've got to get out of here now because the Red Army is enclosing us. That's the Communist Party, right? So, so we left. No, it's no, but but it's like Mindanao is a Muslim island, beautiful island, and uh, we know. But we know some people that graduated that Bible school that they're down there risking their lives every day and they're excited about it. Like like we've got it so soft here in Canada, I can't even tell you. And um, anyway, 
Okay, yes. So, um, so Saul, here it is, verse 17 of chapter 9. I asked one way as entered into the house and laid hands on him and said, Brother, even Jesus appeared unto me this day and said, Receive your sight. And he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, the interesting thing about Ananias' name is it's Kenaniah in the, in, the, in the Hebrew, and it means the grace of God. So here's the grace of God changing Saul's name to Paul the Apostle, opening up his blind eyes. The grace of God came to you quite a while back. Okay, now let's start our message. Are you ready? What time is it? Oh, we're good. Are we done in the Philippines yet? I just need to know that. We don't need to go to the Ukraine. Miracles in the Ukraine, too. Ooh. You start preaching over there at 8 o'clock in the morning, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, your suit is soaked, and you're thinking you're going to stop. But they're having praise and worship again so that you can get back up again. They will go to church all day and all night. And the young people are at the church, the last church I was preaching in, 1,300 people, and the young people had their phones all lit up, cell phones all lit up in just like a concert here. And they would come to church every day all dressed up in the same clothes they wore yesterday because they didn't have a whole lot of clothes. But they were so glad to be there. Yeah. The guy that we were working for at that time, Pastor Gregory, his father spent 10 years in jail for being a Christian. These people have paid a price. And now their freedom, the freedom that Putin thinks he's going to take away from them, once the word of God gets in you, they can't beat it out of you. It's like Nelson Mandela with apartheid. Once he, you know, once he conquered that deal, that I think the problem with apartheid, the the problem in Africa, is you can get delivered and not be free. Nelson Mandela got them delivered, but you're not free until you think free. As long as you think that you're still gonna get the oppressor again, it's that division thing. No, no, you're a new creation in Christ. And everything that you want is already there for you. You don't have to try and get it from somebody else. Oh, I hope I'm not offending anybody today. I don't mean to. I'm just saying you're either in Adam, the first Adam, or you're in the, when you were born, you were in the first Adam. Full of pride and arrogance and all the other stuff that comes with inferiority. I mean, what's the first thing that Adam did when he sinned? He went and hid. That's the first thing we do when we're in trouble, too, is go and hide. Instead of running to him, we run from him. Looking for a dark place to hide. But but when Jesus showed up, he was so full of light that they were drawn to the light. If this room went suddenly dark here today and there was light on in the hallway, I guarantee you every one of us would head toward that light. That was Jesus. Religion is dark, but he brings light. He'll illuminate you. And when he illuminates you, you don't feel any condemnation. You want to go to the light. I want to be with you, Jesus. I want to be, I, I want to ditch this, the first Adam and become a part of the second Adam. Okay, Second um, Corinthians 5. If any man be in Christ, he's new. Not just a forgiven sinner. New in nature, new, not 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 new in time, new in nature. 
not new in time. Some of the habits that you have still are there. Romans 12, 2 says, that's why you're not to be conformed to this world, but transformed by renewing your mind. I don't think right. I put the word of God in until I think right. And as I put the word of God in, I'm being changed from glory to glory into his image and into his likeness. So there's a metamorphosis taking place, but it takes place as I feed on the word of God. Again, the manna was a daily thing. You couldn't save up the manna from yesterday and eat it today. It's the same thing with the word of God. It's the same thing with prayer time. His mercies are new every morning, but you go, go get plugged into them every morning. He's full of grace and truth. If any man be, he's a new creature. All things have passed away and all things have become new. And all things are of God who has reconciled us unto himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That's another good thing to remember. We have the ministry of reconciliation, not condemnation. Well, you need to get in church. You need to get your life straightened out. The gospel is called good news. Jesus said, go and preach the good news. The good news is we won. The good news is he came back from the battlefield victorious. Preach that. Yeah. You know, live your convictions, but preach the word of God. Don't, don't put any guilt and condemnation on people. You couldn't handle it. All right. Okay. Reconciliation. Catalasso. Catalasso means coins of equal value. The quality and the condition of being the same. Exactly equal. Show your ID. What does it mean? Well, I can go to the airport and tell them who I am. But until I show them who I am, they won't let me go anywhere. I mean, I remember in hockey, I was played hockey until Bantam, until I discovered drugs. And, and um, I, when I started drugs, everything else went out the window because, because I had had a lot of hurt in my life from losing my parents when I was young. And so some people were doing drugs while playing hockey. But when I did drugs, it was all about drugs. Forget the hockey. Forget everything. I found, I found my soother. I found the medicine that I needed to take away the pain. So that's what I did. But even playing Bantam hockey, I had to show my birth certificate. I could tell them how old I was, but I had to show them how old I was. So if this is my identity, and my Bible says that I'm, well, let's, let's, let's read to the end of the chapter, and then I promise I'm not going to preach the rest of the message today. Now, what, what he's really saying is, I am in I am, therefore I am. I identify him and he identifies me. I'm a new spirit in a devil-programmed mind. <laughs> How many of you know the devil programmed you over all these years? So not think right. Who do you think you are? You're no good, you're no good, baby, you're no good. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in my circumstances. It might be what I did, but it's not who I am. I might have done it. But I don't identify with that any more than I identify with being a pastor or a plumber or any other thing. I don't get my identity from what I do. I get my identity from the word of God. If I get my identity from what I do and all of a sudden what I do changes, I lose everything. No, 
You get your identity right here in the book. I'm free from guilt. Come on, again, to change or exchange coins of equal value. Identical, equal. This is the quality and condition of being the same. Equal value. A new language, a new culture. Even when you think about it, even the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church. What's the first thing that people, a country will do when a war breaks out? They call their ambassadors home. And so there will be a day when we'll leave here, but it'll be when war is getting ready to break out in in the world because the kingdom is full. We'll be back. Oh, yeah, we'll be back. Exactly. (laughs) All things are of God, verse 18. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation, not condemnation. To let people know you're free from guilt. You're free from sin. We didn't come to condemn you. We came to pull you up. Not in, Look at this, the next part of that verse, verse 19. To the wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world and not imputing their trespasses onto them and has already committed unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Now we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray in Christ's steed that you be reconciled to God. And look at this verse 21. You all know this verse, but you need to know this verse. He never, he didn't know anything about sin. He never, the only sin he ever experienced was mine. And the only righteousness I ever experienced is his. Oh, good. I got time for, I got time for Philippians. Philemon, rather. Philemon. Sometime you need to read the story of Philemon because it's your story. Philemon uh, was a pastor of a church in Colossae. And when you think about a church in Colossae in his house, don't think 20 people. I mean, the church in Ephesus had 100,000 people it grew to. These churches were not, oh, let's just have a little home church. No, when you're preaching the word of God, it'll grow. So anyway, Philemon had this guy named Onesimus. And Onesimus was a servant, slave, whatever you want to call them, an employee of Philemon. And one day he got this bright idea. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to steal some stuff and head for Rome. I want to go to the big city. And so he, he stole some stuff and took off to the big city. And there he was over in New York and really enjoying himself. And he got arrested. When he got arrested, they threw him in jail with Paul the Apostle. No kidding. You can't make this story up either. He ended up in jail with Paul. Paul converted him and sent him back to Philemon. He said, he used to be your servant. I'm sending him back as your son. It's a powerful story. It's about you. Read Philemon real slow sometime. We're not going to get into it. I I just want to zero in on verse 6. The communication or the energetic recognition or the partnership, fellowship, and intimacy of your faith will become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ. How are you going to grow in your faith? By acknowledging every good thing that's in you. You're not coming to God and saying, oh, look, I did this and I'm all messed up with that. 
he 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 uh, he really, if you study the Word of God closely, he does not hear those prayers. And again, it's like I said last week: prayer is an exchange. You come to him when you're weary and heavy laden. That's your part, and he gives you rest. That's his part. You give him yours, and he gives you his. So when you walk away from from the, after being boldly Hebrews four sixteen, I got it right this time. Last week I could not find that verse anywhere in my head. Yeah. You know, you come boldly onto the throne room of grace to obtain mercy and find grace when you really need it. Not on a Sunday morning. Hey, God, it's me, your son. No, it's on Tuesday. And oh, man, I can't believe I can't believe I did that again. Yeah, yeah you did. Because I got some news for you. You'll probably do it again. <laughs> Perfection has not come. Yeah, Colossians 2, 9 and 10 is true. You know, you're complete in him who's the head of all principality and power. You're already complete in him, but your natural mind is still being renewed. And it takes, how long does it take? A lifetime. A lifetime. You'll be doing this. I have this idea that I'll be doing it when I get to heaven. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm coming from a long ways, long ways off. Hallelujah. Well, the the Bible says we'll be like Him because we'll see Him as He is, and when you identify Him, He identifies you. When you see Him as He is, and we see Him right now. The Bible says through a glass darkly, through through smoke. We're not getting a clear vision. Ecclesiastes says we see him behind the lattice work. <laughs> Speaking of lattice work, I was telling Joey about that. I said, Justin and Ashton came over and put up lattice work. And I said, if a hurricane comes, no sweat. A bomb goes off, no sweat. I said, he built it. Justin style. <laughs> Throw a grenade high behind that. <laughs> well, let me just tell you that it's it's not it's not some flimsy little thing that anyway. Come by sometime and take a look. It's yeah, you can run and hide behind it. Anyway, let me finish this first and I'll I'll be done here. That the communication of your faith the koinonia, it is. Koinonia is a, a, a term that, yes, Alexander the Great used it in the Greek language, but it was before Alexander the Great. It was back before Alexander used it. It was used as an intimacy between a man and a woman behind the bedroom door. A very intimate thing here. The communication, the fellowship, the partnership, the intimacy of your faith might step on stage active, operative, and by the revealed knowledge, by the revelation knowledge of every good thing, every agathos, every good thing that is in you, into the anointing. Not self, not sin, not devil, not unconscious, God conscious. You're not going, to, listen, you're not going to be a royal priesthood. You're not going to be a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. You are right now. Say it with me. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a chosen generation. I show forth the praises of him that's called me out of this darkness 
and into His glorious light. Hallelujah. Be glorified. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.